Let's get ready to rumble! Zinger Nation what is up zinger nation happy monday the markets are back open and look who we have back in the office spencer wait, wait, ab why are you so dark man it's like do you not have the lights on in your studio let me let me go turn some more on all right you go 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 turn your lights on or something man it's so dark um hey everyone welcome to the power hour no i'm not luke jacoby i am the one and only spencer israel here to fill in um and actually i have some ideas i would love to get your thoughts on um some idea i have some ideas for this time slot i think i want to change things up a little bit but um well we'll get to that in a little bit but here there ab is back he's brighter than ever before look at that see look look, 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 look what lights do they make you look brighter do i look better you look so much better man so much better where is everyone? Is Spax over? Wait, 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 wait. She, she, Shelly says I can't ask people why they're dark. <laughs> okay, Shelly, fair point. You win this round. Point to you. Uh, <laughs> sorry, where is everyone? Power Hour is wrapping uh, Sorry, Spax Stack is wrapping up. So um, they'll probably head over here when that show's done. And uh, we got a lot going on today, AV. We got a lot to discuss. We got Dan Raju. Um, I'm very excited for this interview. Uh, the fantasy of Tradier. Uh, we didn't plan this, um, but Tradier is in the business of. Um, they're like kind of like the pipes of um, the financial ecosystem. They operate sort of between brokers and and platforms and and customers. And um, coincidentally, we had a headline today that is relevant to Tradier. Uh, which is what we're going to talk about in a minute. This this um, this Walmart Litecoin thing. Um, Dan can talk about that. So we'll have Dan on at twelve fifteen, and then at twelve forty five. Is that right, AB? Yep, twelve forty five. Paul uh, Pereira from Alfie is going to be joining us. CEO of Alfie. We've had him on a couple times. Very interesting stock there. The company had some news that we broke. Um, last Thursday. So excited to get Paul back on the show and talk to him. Um, but Spencer, before we get into the market and everything, I got to ask, did you watch the Yankees game last night? No, but I saw highlights. Well, some of them I saw, I, I, I know what happened. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. exciting. But one thing I noticed is in the, um, center field, I guess of city field, they have a big advertisement for Tezos which I didn't know what it was. So I was like looking up at it. And I guess it's some uh, DeFi project, you know, a crypto blockchain, but it, it's just fascinating to me how much money a lot of these different crypto projects are spending. I know um, specifically in sports advertising. I mean, we saw, yep. um, you know, a lot of high level fighters. I think Conor McGregor, um, the Logan Paul fights had crypto.com branding, the FTX, Sponsors or every single baseball game, the umpires are wearing the FTX badge on their on their uniform. Yeah, I, I was going to say that it's impossible for baseball fans to not know about FTX at this point because they are everywhere. So there is a lot of money flying around in crypto land. Um, not all of it well deserved. Maybe let's use that to segue into uh, today's top story of the day, in my opinion at least, which is this Walmart Litecoin thing uh for the uninitiated here is what happened there was a press release 
that hit the wires, and it, it this actually hit the press release news wires. It, it, it came on like, and, and I'll show you in Benzinger Pro. Actually, this is Benzinger Pro. Okay, I have a news feed here, and the news feed you in Benzinger Pro, you you can you can uh, select your sources, right? Do you want news from the Benzinger news desk? Do you want SEC filings? We also get thirteen different press release news wires piped into Benzinger Pro. I have a news feed here just for press releases and SEC filings. And look at this. I searched for Walmart. There was a press release that went out today on Globe Newswire, which is one of, if not the leading newswires in in America. All right, this is a, a legitimate news service, newswire service for press releases, right? Press release came out today. There's the headline. Walmart announces major partnership with Whitecoin LTC with quotes from the Walmart CEO. Whoa, big news, right? Take a look at the chart here. I've got the chart of Walmart up, okay? This is a 15-minute chart on the right. Spike on that, and notice how it, notice how it hit at 9.30 right at the open. But whoa, whoa, whoa. Not so fast, my friend, as Lee Corso would say. This was not a real press release. This was a fake press release, and I'll pull up the chart of Litecoin. Look at this. This is a one-minute chart of Litecoin today. Spiked up to 240, and then people were like, whoa, is this real? No. No, it was not. It was not real. We have some headlines. This is a separate news video I have just for the Benzinger News Desk. Um, and we, we, everyone, a lot of people got duped on this, right? I mean, we, we did too, frankly. You can see the headline right there, 932. We, we also, we saw the press release. It is extremely, extremely rare for a, a, a fake press release to hit the news wires, to actually go out on the wires. I, I can only think of like one other time where, like, where it happened um, in, in my six years at Benzinga, right? So do you remember which one that what that I, was? I, I, it was like four years ago, man. I, I wish I could remember, but it, but 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 the my point is it's extremely rare for like a like you know you, you might see a fake headline on any given day, right? There's there's fake headlines all the time, but for a, a a fake press release to actually get sent out on a real newswire service, extremely extremely rare. That is why a lot of outlets. Benzing included. I saw it on Reuters. I saw it on Bloomberg. Fell for this press release. Walmart came out and was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This ain't real. We're not doing this. Those quotes from our CEO in this press release, those aren't real. The official Litecoin Twitter account tweeted about it, and that tweet got deleted. So, long story short, if you bought Litecoin today on the hopes of a partnership with Walmart, um, sorry. You are out of luck. This is a literal definition of fake news, and I do hate that term because it's been it's been co opted to mean different things. But this is literally a fake news release. This is it, fake news in its purest form today. Litecoin and Walmart. Walmart, to their credit, came out relatively quickly, um, issuing statements and saying like, "No, no, no, not real, not us." Um, the, look, Walmart called it fake. Right, they told CNBC. So, to their credit, uh, I don't know who, I don't know where this came from. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll get more insight and figure out kind of like what happened here. Um, my guess would be, I guess, either maybe some big Litecoin holder or maybe someone from in the project internally cooked this up as a as a way to try to maybe pump it up a, a little bit. But who knows? I mean, someone obviously had to know what they were doing to be able to get it published on, um, you know, Globe Newswire and all that. And so, yeah, I mean, people were picking this up all over, but it got pr- pretty quickly debunked. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, look at this. Look at this is a one minute chart of Litecoin, everyone. Look at this ridiculous. I mean, look, the move higher is not a total surprise, right? That's a that's a that's a fair move on that headline, right? But all these people that bought Litecoin at any point from one what from one seventy five to to two forty, they got screwed. And anybody buying Walmart on that too. They got screwed, and that is really unfortunate. And I hope, and but I, I, I hope somebody finds out who, where this came from, like who did this. But this is like the problem of when people complain, when the regulators complain about cryptocurrency. There's, there's no regulation. I mean, th- there is no one in charge of Litecoin, right? Like, yeah, there's like a Litecoin Twitter account, but there's no one like overseeing it. It's not regulated by anybody or anything. So this sort of stuff can happen. It it's it sucks, frankly, that this got like a fake press release got out there. It, it, it's BS. Um, and I hope we find out who who did it. But this is ridiculous, frankly. And I, I if this if if you got screwed on this, I'm angry for you because yeah, this, this is BS. If you're watching this, like, oh my god, how did Benzinga publish this again? This went to the to the Globe Newswire and um, CNBC, Reuters, Yahoo. Um, I believe Bloomberg kind of all ran with it too. So it was, it was really, you know, a lot of major players got duped by this. Um, but Spencer, a couple things. Oh, first of all, Tony from Toledo saying Charlie Lee. Yeah. Runs okay. Litecoin. yeah I, I guess you, you, you have the people that, that launch the crypto or sort of are, are always well, sort of in charge, right? The whales, but, um, outside of them though, you know, it's a, it's a it's a it's a marketplace. So but, I'm sure someone will be uh you know interviewing Charlie Lee. Yeah, shout out young investor in the chat. Um, I believe Peak FinTech, one of young investor stock picks, just uplisted to the Nasdaq. So I'm sure young investor is happy about that. Congratulations, young investor. Um, but yeah, Spencer. I mean, I guess good news going back to the Litecoin chart. If the coin is holding the levels where it was at before this spike, or at least it appears to be looking that way on the chart um and i guess you could argue that now litecoin is in the you know like any any publicity is good publicity that people are are talking about it the stock is not this is not good publicity man this is market manipulation um in its purest form credit to walmart you know they they're they appear to be victims as well um but well, right. I'm just saying, Spencer, we wouldn't have opened this show talking about Litecoin had this not happened, but now we are. So I think like there's going to be a lot of people talking about Litecoin in the investing community, um, and maybe it will get some some love just for the fact that it's a name that people recognize, you know, on the on the recency effect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, totally ridiculous. Um, this is this is my top story of the day. Um, and yeah, and actually, our next guest, as I mentioned at the top of the show, our next guest can speak a little bit to this, and and, I, and he he is here now. So let's bring Dan Raju on, the founder and CEO of Trader AB. 
Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Dan Raju, CEO of hey. Welcome to the Power Hour. Hey, how are you guys doing? Dan, we're doing great, Dan. We didn't plan this. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's a good day to have you on. Um, Trade Ear is, as I described at the top of the show, uh, so you sort of operate as, as like the pipes of the financial ecosystem between platforms and brokerages and, 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 and data providers and investors, right? Is that a fair uh, description? Of, of, yeah, it is. You yeah. know, we're, it, it's actually when 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 the when it hits the road, it's really simple. We offer the infrastructure for people to embed um, active engagement into their platforms on one side, and we also have a direct-to-consumer marketplace where all our partners get featured. So you, we have a B two B and a B two C play. A B two B is largely focused around you know letting people embed. Um, you know, the ability to invest from any place, anywhere, anytime. Right. We have found our expertise mostly in the more active trading and engagement side of things. And plus, we take all these platforms and feature them on the website. That's pretty much right. it. So basically, you enable platforms to um, connect to brokerages. That's one part of your business, right? Yeah. And so we are a brokerage firm. So we enable okay. platforms to offer the ability Got to it. trade is what we do. Got it, got it. Uh, Dan, got to get your thoughts on this Walmart Litecoin thing. <laughs> I mean, I, I I was telling, you know, AB here at the top, I really, like, I've been at Benzinger for six years now, and I, I, I'm struggling to find maybe one time I could think of where, like, there was actually a fake press release that moved the markets. I'm, I'm sure it's happened, but it's very rare. Um, do you have thought, thoughts on, on, on this thing today? I got to tell you, it's crazy to begin with, but uh, <laughs> that's probably the best way I can describe it. See, you know, I was, I was trying to actually think about it when I, I, we, I, we were talking internally this morning, and I think it really comes down to, I think the way this generation consumes info, information, or when I say generation, I don't nothing to do with age, I think at this time, the way information is consumed is conversations happen in these small distributed meta communities where they all get uh, where that the fact that so many people are talking about it creates a sense of legitimacy to that converse, to that idea or thought and then you basically have a herding mentality and then that they're, they're, they're running in a particular direction that's uh, that's almost unstoppable when I, mean, I i was hearing you speak earlier i actually give walmart a lot of credit for coming yeah. out and just and hitting it on the nail right off the bat and saying hey this is what it is you know instead of instead of basically trying to do anything else so I, you know it's it's i have not i have not come across this kind of what we call as you know a pr um related issue that has actually moved uh, a tradable asset th this crazily but i think you're you're living in a world where i think you have uh, and i think this is going to continue for another 12 months i think for the next 12 months you are going to see a lot of these what i call as sometimes real and sometimes unreal meme stock rallies that will just hit hit the market and and and, the, and and I and I think the way this will eventually stop is, and I was uh, speaking. You have a graduating effect in the market. I think a lot of traders have come since 2015. Um, they are now, you know, they have, they got exposed during the pandemic to a slightly more hypersensitive, reactive environment, and they're now all in the market. They are learning. They're learning to decipher what is real, what is unreal. And I think, and that graduation effect is still happening. So more people more people engaging in a different way in a hypersensitive environment. And I think 
as the environment graduates, uh, I think you'll see the tapering off. But for now, un unfortunately, I, ex I expect to talk about these kind of things for another, <laughs> at least in my opinion, for a year. Yeah. And this is sort of like the, the, the double-edged sword of, or the other side of, of getting more people into the markets. Like that, uh, like your firm has objectively made it easier for many people to get involved in markets, whether it's stock markets or crypto markets. Right. And that, uh, that's great. Right. But then the other side of that is you, you do, you know, the more people are involved, then the more inexperienced there is out there and the easier it is for this sort of thing to happen, right? And and, and and that's sort of like the other side of that coin that I'm sure people like you grapple with. Yeah, we gra see, I think, right? So you have this perfect confluence of so many things that have hit the market all at the same time. Yeah. The one is that, you know, it is infrastructure firms like ours, um, and, and we do it for hundreds of firms, we actually make it easy for people to get, for companies, platforms, developers, startups, everybody to offer the capability to trade. So you are enabling a lot of people to come into the market. Right. Now, what is also happening is these with so much choice, they're all going ahead and enabling new breeds of investors to come in and engage in what was a vertical kind of a world 15 years ago where there are four or five brokers offering platforms. So vertical world, right? There's a large brokerage firm, it'll offer a front end, you come and use it, and you access the market. Now it's an unbundled, multi-tenant world where we enable everybody to uh, with the capability to invest. So now you've got so many more experiences. Plus, on top of that, now you bring um, the low commissions and people engaging in, you know, what, what I call as, you know, socially enabled or socially catalyzed conversations. And now you're going to go through that effect where where the market needs to rebaseline itself. I expect that to continue, I think, uh, for another uh, 12 months, like I was telling earlier. What, what, what is so special about the next 12 months? I mean, what, why, do you, why do you keep saying that? Yeah, this, I mean, there's very honest, there's nothing very scientific about it other than the fact that I, I generally, I see, this is what I see. I see 2015 to 2019 as, as the years where a lot of new investors came in, right? Mm -hmm. And I see 2020, 2020 and 2021 as, as, as the years where they have been exposed to what I call as a rapid graduation effect. And, and you can see this, right? If you take a look at the, the amount of options trading that has basically hit the market. I mean, I, I, in fact, if you, some of the numbers that, that you'll see is in the first six months of 2020, right? Total amount of retail options trading were roughly around 1.5 billion contracts were traded. Now you okay. take that to 2021, 3.9 billion contracts were traded in the first six months. So right? you said from 1.5 to 3.9 billion? 3.9 billion. So I think so. What's happening now is I say a lot of people have come in, and I think what what and they are engaging in more advanced trading. But I see, I, and we see it in our, in our day to day stuff. Is a lot of new platforms are being offered. They're getting educated. They know how to manage risk better. And, and historically, it has always taken an year for a customer to graduate from a, you know, a, a simple stock or a early stage options investing to a more advanced investing. It's, it's unfortunate that, get, that they're getting their education in rapid fire post already getting involved. But I think that effect will take about 12 months. So, you know, what? Ex explain then, Dan, uh, I mean, the, the, since you have sort of a front row view of retail trading behavior, right? Mm -hmm. um, explain what you've observed this year, aside from the proliferation of options trading, right. cough, cough, Aaron Bree, cough. Um, 
<laughs> aside from that, um, you know, probably the big story of the year on the retail front is, is just, you know, the, the trading action in stocks like AMC and GameStop. Can you explain what, what you've seen on, on, on those fronts? I see it. I think, um, I think the retail brokerage industry, which is more of a monolithic industry, you know, catering to a set of uh, what I call as self-directed investors has now, in my opinion, got split into three categories. And, and I think, and, and, and I think, and those three categories, in my opinion, are these, you've got the young millennial first time investor who has been enabled into the market by all these amazing new startups and apps that have basically come in, right? You have that need. At the other end of the spectrum, you basically have the existing traders who are, who are generic, who have been active, who've been there in the market for a long time. And that's, I call the active trading world. So you've got the new entries and you have the active trading world. And then you have got people who are going from one place to another, right? So that I call it the transitional ones in between. Um, so what is happening with right now is both, I think the active traders are involved in the market like the way they've always been. They're very fundamental based. They do their own research. They have a strategy. They, they have the educators and, and Benzing and all these firms do a good job at actually providing great content to those folks. And they are there. They've always been there. And we see this. Uh, the traders who are a trader, if you take a look at the number of trades per month and the number of contracts per trade for the active trading group, they have been kind of consistent. I mean, it's not some fluctuations here and there, but not, not, not a lot, right? But I think if you come to these two sections where people graduating in the early stage investors, those folks are very heavily impacted by what I call as social impulses. Those folks, what they do is they are seeking content, they're seeking their signals, they're seeking their insights, not in, not in the way that I think people used to get them based on research. The way they seek their content is they participate in these Everybody has, um, you know, I'll tell you, it, it, Discord is a, like a rapidly growing ecosystem of traders, right? right. They, they participate in this Discord, Reddit, uh, and a whole bunch of other communities which we're still not even talking about, right? They're very, very broken down. And there, they basically go through, <laughs> this is a very interesting episode. First of all, they basically go through what I call as a herding kind of an impact, where, where they all agree together and they all act together, number one. Then they go through what is called a FOMO impact. A FOMO impact is fear of missing out because everybody else is doing it. And lastly, and most importantly, is that that kind of a group behavior creates overconfidence to all, all of them. So I think that you combine all three of them, then I think you create this world where, where the smart people in those, in those communities, you know, take those insights and engage in a technical analysis before they execute. You do have a subset of people who are going to run into or fall prey for that directional play. And I think you, th that's what I see in the market is almost the market has the active trading community is there. They've always been there. And you have got this new breed of customers who are going through one phase to another or, or have just come in very, very socially catalyzed in their, in, in their trading behavior. All right, Dan Raju is the founder and CEO of Tradier, someone who's got a really good feel for uh, what's happening uh, uh, just in terms of retail activity because his business has helped in, uh, enable it and, and, and has grown along with the interest in, in retail trading. So, Dan, we'll have to get you back on again soon. Thanks a lot for coming on Power Hour today. Hey, nice show, guys. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Dan. Enjoy the day. All right. Um, AB, we got 20 minutes or so until our next guest let's do excuse me wow let's do a a crypto update shall we
Ooh, that's a lot of red. Yeah. Oh, wait. Where's my video? Where's my video? There it is. Yeah, a lot of red on the screen. Litecoin notwithstanding. Let's let's just forget about Litecoin for a second here because um, it's its own beast right now. But Bitcoin down 3, 3.69% today. Ethereum down 7% today. Cardano down. Binance coin down. Basically, everything is down. Uh, not everything, but basically everything is down. If you look at the largest cryptos, as I like to do, um, take a look at the chart just to get a feel for what's going on, right? We did have that breakout last week and then or i'm sorry two weeks ago i'm off by a week because i was not here uh last week um yeah the 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 day that el salvador makes bitcoin legal tender we come back down below 40 we got we got below forty five thousand on that day so you know we have made a new range it's where we are it's where we're stuck for now that this this 43 to to forty six thousand dollar range we're we're right smack in the middle of that right now and that's that's where we're going to be until we're not there anymore it sounds obvious but that's kind of the way this thing you know this thing goes is it, it, if you just look at this chart you can see that bitcoin is just it trades within these ranges right until it either breaks out or breaks down and so for now we're we're stuck in this range in the low 4000 or 40000 uh in bitcoin ethereum uh kind of the same story right we had that breakdown last week on the uh the, the same day that, that Bitcoin did. And, um, you know, it's, it's we're back in that range we were stuck in for like three weeks or, right? Yeah, for most of August, we were stuck in this range and we're right back there. We it took us it took us so long to get above 33,000, 3,300, excuse me. We did get above it and we were above it for like a week and now we're not. So all these things kind of trade the same way. They trade in, in ranges where, where they just, they bunch, they bunch, they bunch. And then one day they break out or they break down. And yeah, I, I think it's really interesting, Spencer, that we're at a point with as volatile as Bitcoin is, it's become the one, the, the you know, main crypto that it doesn't really move as much. You know, we'll see Bitcoin down about three and a half percent and Ethereum down almost double that. Um, so it's, it's interesting seeing Bitcoin kind of seem, seems like it's m- more stable right now than Ethereum and obviously a lot of these other altcoins. Yeah. Uh, if you missed it, which you probably did, because most of the people watching this show are not uh, local, I was on uh, WJR local Detroit radio last week talking about the the, the Bitcoin El Salvador thing. Uh, I don't know how close you were watching that AV, but there are some very interesting things that happened on on that first day. They had a lot of uh, technical glitches. You had the, the the president of El Salvador directly tweeting at Apple. And, and and Huawei and and Google being like, hey, get our crypto app in your app stores, please, and thank you. Uh, and eventually they did, but it was a really and just a very interesting dynamic with, with the price action, you know, the way it was into that day. I think it was Wednesday, right? Um, so yeah, weird stuff. Uh, who's next on the crypto um, uh, or on, on the Bitcoin as legal tender front? Maybe Panama. Who knows? We'll find out. But as a reminder, the Benzinga Crypto Update is brought to you by Voyager. Get $50 in free Bitcoin when you download the Voyager app, open an account, 
Fund it with at least $100 and use the code ZING, Z-I-N-G, with over 60, there it is on the screen, with over 60 assets to choose from, an annual yield earnings of up to 12%. Voyager is your launch pad into the world of crypto. All right, it is 1030, 12.31. Yes, Shelly, that's exactly right. That's why I shouldn't go on vacation ever because markets do weird things whenever I'm out. For Actually, it's not just me. It's whenever like Dennis or, or Joel or I take, take a week off, the market usually does weird things. But anyway, let's move away from crypto, AB, and let's talk about movie theater stocks. I'm talking specifically about ticker CNK, Cinemark, which I'm going to pull up on my screen here. Uh, that's not it. That's it. Look at Cinemark today. AB, do you have any insight for us as to why CNK is breaking out today? Yes, yeah, Spencer. So essentially yesterday, um, I believe it was yesterday, maybe over the weekend at least, um, Disney announced that all Disney movies in the upcoming year will be released exclusively in theaters. So no more um, you know, dual releases on Disney Plus and in the theaters. Now the, the new Disney movies are going to uh, go. You have to go to the theater. You have to buy tickets from the theater if you want to go see, um, you know, a new Disney movie. And it's not just Disney. So the um, that's kind of why these stocks are moving so much is because people view Disney as the leader in, um, you know, as right. far as production companies go. Right. Um, so the expectation is that other companies will follow suit. Wait, so was the headline uh, movies for the rest of this year, 2021, or like the next 12 months, or do you know? I believe it was all it's, it, it was announced all of 2022, but let me fact check that real quick. Um, let, me, let, me, let me drop hop into my – let's just do this. Let's just hop into the Benzinger Pro. We'll click CNK, and we'll see – no, I, let's, let's do Disney. <laughs> it was a Disney headline. Let's do Disney. Oh, you're right. So it was, it was remaining 2021 films. Yeah. Um, but I, I, what I can imagine is they're going to – Disney will kind of see how this affects you know, revenue, box office of movies before they make a, a determination whether they're going to do this um, for 2022 or if they will go back to the you know, hybrid model where they release it on Disney+. Plus. Um, the, the one interesting thing about when they were releasing a lot of the big-name movies on Disney+, Plus, Spencer, was if it's just you and one other person – Say it's actually more expensive to buy it from Disney Plus to watch it than oh, it would sure. be to go to the movie and get two tickets. I think they were charging like thirty dollars for yeah. Black Widow, but some people would be willing to pay that premium to have the comfort of watching it at home. You don't have to deal with the, um, you know, I guess you could argue you can save money on snacks and food if you're just going to eat at home versus going to the the theater and spending the money there. Yeah, no, uh, that's a great point. That's a really good point. Can I just say something that's because only a little bit off topic is uh, last night I was sitting at my desk at, at, in my apartment, uh, not wanting to look at a week's worth of unread emails. And <laughs> I was watching, like, I just ended up on, like, a, a YouTube rabbit hole and ended up watching, like, 50 movie trailers just for, like, movies that have, that have come out this year or are coming out, like, this year and next year. And just there's just so many movies that we don't hear about because they don't have big splashy box office movie premieres, right? And um, yeah, I was like <laughs> blown away by like all these movies that I never heard of before that are that are either are already out or on either in, they're in theaters or they're on a streaming platform um, or they're coming out. And when I was going through this down this rabbit hole, 
it occurred to me like, oh man, like when I see a trailer, I need to, they have to tell me where I can watch it. Cause it, it, it might not be in the theaters. It might be like an HBO movie or like a Netflix movie. And like a lot, there are a lot of these channels that just do movie th- theater trailers. Like the whole, that's all they do. Right. And like, they got to tell me where to watch it. You know what I mean? There's so many, there's 20 platforms out there. I know um, that's the, that's the biggest thing too with, uh, anything now like you know whether it's old movies or shows it's like all right i gotta go figure out where i want to watch an episode of i don't know seinfeld it's like do i go to netflix do i go to hulu do i go to you know whatever it is you got to find where it's at um but yeah i mean so i think obviously great news for amc great news for the other theaters shout out everyone in the chat talking about how they how they sneak food into the theaters um saving saving some money there um but yeah i mean that's actually like one of the there's like a sneaky amount of trailers on YouTube that have, you know, hundreds of millions of views. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So Tony from Toledo just asked like what channel um, I was watching. Oh man. I know I'm going to have to find it. Uh, I was watching, it was called like one media or something. Let me see if I can find it. It was like, yeah, I think it was, it was one media like O N E media. That was a channel, and I like all it is is just movie trailers. And I was just watching it for like an hour last night, not quite an hour, but almost an hour, you know, just watching these trailers. So, anyway, back, back to the theaters, though. My, my point in, in, in bringing that up only because it was relevant for last night, but also like, so the headline is Disney is going back to the exclusivity window for their movies, which is fine that's that's good news and that someone in chat pointed out it's uh or justin bieber pointed out yeah sony's popping on this cinemark's popping on this amc a little bit to a lesser extent uh but amc is trading up today right three and a, th- almost three and a half percent right so so you know that that's a good headline for the theaters sure but is it really though because if the headline is that we are like how, how do i put this if the headline is that we're not totally abandoning you for now, that's not good, right? Like that's basically what this headline, this headline is saying: we are not abandoning theaters for now, right? Like, like, like the headline is we're going back to the way things were for now. If 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 that's what you're pinning your hopes on, that we're like staying with the status quo temporarily, that's not great. Right, like all they said was through the end of this year. That's 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 three more months, right? Three and a half more months. That that doesn't give me a ton of confidence in movie theaters as a whole. I, I get why they're popping today. If we go to Sony on Benzinga Pro, do we have anything uh, why it's moving? Uh, Sony, it's uh, what the hell? Sony isn't Sony. Oh, did they change their ticker? I mean, that's weird. Did Sony change their ticker, guys? Is huh. it is the ticker S O N Y? Apparently, I thought it was S N E as well. When did that happen? Anyway, um, uh, yeah. Well, we have like you know there was strong box office this week as well, right? So there's the box office plus the headline from Friday. Um, we have- oh, it's up. It's up about a percent. I thought it was up. More the way Justin Bieber was was talking wait, about it. Yeah, wait, Chris is confirming. When when did Sony do that? I totally missed when they changed their ticker. Unless I just forgot. I it went in one ear, not the other, and I just didn't remember that it happened. But that's weird. Anyway, yeah, Sony. I mean, it's trading higher today, right? All, all the mo- 
see, I keep doing it. All the movie theater stocks are trending higher. Um, Sony, you know, is up one percent on, on the day where the S and P's are flat, right? So Sony is up relative to the rest of the market. Um, but yeah, I'm still like long term. Extreme, extremely skeptical. If the whole point of the headline is we're not abandoning you yet, I no, not for me. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't go out at this point and buy it on the news. I mean, look, it, it, it's priced in at this point. You could argue, but I think it will be interesting to see going forward. Obviously, what we do know, Spencer, is that for the next three months or so, the rest of 2021, Disney movies will be exclusively released in theaters, and and that will be, I think, be the big um you know tells are they going to go to that are they going to continue that model into 2022 saying we're not going back to disney plus um i don't know i i i think we'll i think the hybrid model is going to be here to stay yeah yeah for sure because there was like so many movies that like when i was watching those trailers last night and my first thought was oh i would definitely watch this at home (laughs) right like i would 10 out of 10 watch this movie on my couch i would like Two out of ten go all the way to the movies to 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 see this. That being said, there are a couple of things that are coming out this this holiday season that 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 we're, that we're all gonna have to see. Like we're all gonna have to see Spider Man and The Matrix. We're all, and there are a few others as well that I'm not thinking of. But it's gonna be a big, big and James Bond. It's it's gonna be a big, 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 maybe the biggest ever holiday season for movies. Only because we didn't really have one last year, right? Um, and there, there were no big real summer blockbusters. So, um, uh, but people have been saying that for the, for the entire year. Oh, just wait till the, the backlog of movies like comes to the front. And we, uh, yeah, that's going to happen here in the next few months. Um, if it hasn't already started. So, um, everyone knows that by now to your point, AB, a lot of this is, should be priced into the stock. You would think you would think yeah, and Bieber, Bieber in chat is saying matrix war will be terrible, but I have to watch it. The Biebs is right. Is probably right. That's like any. That's like every movie coming out right now. You have to watch it. You have to. And like, who's gonna wait till it's on? No one's gonna wait till it's on Netflix. Maybe they will. I, I'm not gonna wait. I'm gonna go see it. Well, I, I think that's the, the other, movie in two years. That's the other interesting question about Disney Plus. So, say they put out a Disney movie, um, you know, that you can buy at home on the premiere. How long before they just upload that movie to Disney Plus? Like, is it going to be a week later, a month later, two months later? I don't know what they've done in the past with the, you know, like the Black Widow, some of the movies they've already done that with. Yeah. Uh, but if it's a short enough time, I'm sure a lot of people would be more incentivized to just wait till they upload it to Disney Plus than paying the, you know, 25, 30 bucks or whatever it is to rent yeah. um, on the premiere. Well, that's what the, the, the headline from last Friday was, like the 30-day exclusivity window. Right, we are not going to put this, whatever movies we're not going to put them on Disney Plus for at least a month. That's that. That was the whole point. So, um, but how many how many people are willing to wait? Probably a decent amount are willing to wait. Thirty one yeah, days. Yeah, one hundred percent. I would I would wait even if it's a movie I really want to watch. If it's saving thirty bucks, you just got to wait a couple weeks. Although there are movies where people will pay that right away because they don't want to have to wait. So yeah, I, I, I think the I think the movie. Um, not just producers, but the executives kind of making these decisions don't really know like what is the best for consumers, what's going to be the most profitable. So I think there's in a state where they're willing to try different things until uh, you know they find a, a sweet spot. Yep, totally agree. Okay, uh, Joel is saying let's let's go, Alf. Uh, Joel, you just wait like two more minutes, all right? Because because we'll have Paul Pereira, the CEO of Alf, on in like 
two minutes. Uh, between now and then, though, AB, was there anything else on our list of things to get to? We we talked Litecoin. We talked AMC. Oh, did you see what was going on today? I guess it was the overall market, so never mind. Um, Fubo. I mean, the whole market kind of dipped at the open, but I, I saw Fubo and DraftKings in particular. That's Let me get my, my charts up. So here's Fubo. Um, I meant to say this this morning on Pre-Market Prep, and I forgot to. But we've talked in the last few weeks, like we, we try to like predict headlines, right? And try to think, okay, what kind of headlines are we going to get? And I'm sure if we haven't gotten them yet, I'm sure we're going to get a headline in the next day or couple of days at some point this week, just about what a ridiculous handle last weekend was for sports betting in the U.S., right? For with with week one of the NFL, right? Like, and I'm sure the the uh, gaming stocks will all move on. Whoops, that's not what I want. That's what I want. We'll all move on this headline when it comes. So Fubo, I'm watching DraftKings, I'm watching Penn, right? Um, I'm just awaiting that. You're saying just when the numbers come out of how many people bet on week one football? Because you know the headline's going to come out and the reaction's going to be, oh my gosh, it was huge. That was a record, record number of, of record amount of money bet last weekend you know it's the headline's coming you, you know it's coming i saw something i don't have it off the top of my uh, off like on the my fingertips but i saw basically a preemptive headline saying that that yeah uh, basically saying that more people were expected to bet week one nfl than um you know last year which is which is interesting because so here's the thing so all these companies DraftKings, pen you know barstool sports app they have had a year now another year in in being legalized to promote, to get, um, you know, deals out there to get more customers signed up. But last year when football started, there was literally like nothing going on. Like people had nothing to do, but sit around and watch football and bet on the game. So I'm kind of surprised that we're seeing so much more betting this year when we're kind of at a point where, um, you know, people are working again, people are, are taking vacations like you Spencer, where maybe they're not just sitting around, um, like we were at the heights of COVID last year. Yeah, and Chris Catchy is in the chat saying, "Yeah, we're already getting some numbers. Like you, like you know it's coming. You you know those headlines are coming." Um, also, one other stock I forgot to mention this morning on pre-market prep was Zoom, and the only reason I'm watching Zoom today is because it, it, I'm actually watching today and tomorrow is because their Zoomtopia event is today and tomorrow. Why is that relevant? I will tell you why. I'm, I'm gonna zoom out. I'm, pun intended. I'm going to zoom out on the zoom chart and go back to last fall. Okay. Last fall, their last Zoomtopia event was right here. It was on October 14th. And the very next day, Zoom broke out. And three days later, four days later, whatever, that's the all time high, right? 588. The all time high of, of, of Zoom stock came. A week after, like five days, whatever the math is hard, whatever, a few days after their Zoomtopia event last year. Okay, so we had three great updates following that event. That's why I'm watching Zoom. That's why I'm watching any headlines come out of Zoomtopia today or tomorrow. I have not seen anything yet, but like I said, it's a two day event. So watching Zoom for that reason. So watching for, again, trying to predict headlines before they come and or just watching price action from similar headlines in years past. So that's what I'm doing today. Okay, it is 
46. I have rambled too long. AB, tell the people who's our next guest. Yeah, I see a lot of clamoring in the chat about Alfie. If you guys have questions for CEO Paul Pereira, drop them in the chat. We may have time uh, here in a minute to get to some questions in the chat. Um, but without further ado, I would like to welcome Paul Pereira back on the show. There he is. How's it going? Hey, guys. Oh, we're live. Aaron, nice to be back on the show. Yeah, it's nice to have you back. Um, so before we get going, you know, since we may have some new viewers with us today, do you just want to give us a brief rundown on uh, on Alfie, what the company is, what the company does? Sure. So we, um, you know, we built, uh, you know, we, we the building blocks of, of, of the platform that we built was based on three basic principles, you know, using no cookies, uh, GDPR and privacy compliancy and being able to provide that real time transparency and accountability. Uh, for the big for the brand owners, it's something that they've been asking for 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 years. They've never been able to get it, and um, we've kept a really strict line when it comes to those three principles. And um, our platform is capable of delivering not just the digital out of home, but in many other instances, um, that that respectful and ethical content to the right person at the right moment in time. And then um, we, we did have some news come out last Thursday, I believe, uh, involving a, a stock buyback. Do you want to talk about what, what that news was last Thursday? Oh, yeah, we did. Well, we, we, we actually completed that about a month ago. Um, we, um, we chose to, to buy back $2 million worth of our own shares, and uh, we did that, and it's in the filings. Um, you know, when you buy back your own stock, you have to pick your public filings, and we filed our, our respective filings with the SEC, and we completed that purchase um, over 30 days ago. What, Paul, what was the thought process behind that? Um, you know, we are, uh, the stock was running. We felt that, you know, listen, Alfie is like a fine wine. We've opened the bottle and we give it a chance to breathe, and it's only going to get better with eight as it, as, it, as it matures. We're now going into a market. We've got a disruptive, transformational platform that no one else has. We stand firm and proud behind it, and uh, it's just a matter of time as we move into this market and we bring on things like uh, the programmatic exchanges and big buys, which I'll be happy to share with you where we're at with, with some of those today. You know. Well, there was the news last week about you partnered with a, with an exchange, but you didn't say who it was. Can you can you share any more about about who you've partnered with? Um, well, we've we've actually partnered with many people, and there's going to be a whole series of releases coming out here. Um, it's it's backed up. We didn't want to l let out any releases before the holidays. Um, purposely, you know, everybody's going on vacation and stuff, but um, it's about ready to bang out here pretty soon. Uh, you know, the average programmatic exchange, it takes an average of about 12 to 18 months to get on board with any one of the programmatics. Um, Alfie signed up the big three programmatics in less than 30 days. Um, it also takes about a minimum of six weeks of integration testing for approval before actually coming on stream. Um, Alfie completed integration testing with Vista Media in six days. And uh, we'll be running programmatic, should be this week. And, uh, and but, but more than that, we'll be able to provide uh, targeting that's never been seen before, not just geolocated, but much, much more. And so, 
Paul, got to ask you about a uh, short report. Was it last week now or two weeks ago? I don't even remember. My timing is all off because I wasn't I wasn't here for a week. But I think it was. I guess it was two weeks ago now. Um, uh, uh, do you, Do you have a reaction to the short report? It was from Bleecker Street Research. Uh, they questioned you on your buybacks, um, and 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 the business. Well, do you have a response? Yes, it's a twenty one year old or twenty five year old college kid. I don't think he knows what he's doing. Uh, most of the report was false information. If we chose to go after him for slander, we could, but he's not worth the airtime. So we pay no attention to it. Okay. Got it. <laughs> um, yeah. Paul, moving on. What is the difference between a camera and the way that Alfie uses detection in a privacy-compliant manner? That's a great question, Aaron. So, you know, the traditional camera that we, as we know it, that's on our phone, on our computer, on the street corners, uh, in the malls, does what a traditional camera does. It does its facial recognition, it tracks you, it identifies you, it stores your history. Alfie uses the camera as a sensor. And what we do is we use cues from our sensors to, to determine specific cues coupled with our homegrown uh, proprietary machine models and algorithms and edge computing to determine what and not and not who, which is a big, big difference. We're not interested in identifying who you are. We're interested in identifying whether it's a male or female, uh, whether you're happy or sad, and giving big brands and, 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 and content providers the information and transparency and accountability that they've been asking for for decades. And, um, and that's, a, that's a huge difference between what our traditional camera, as we interpret what that traditional camera is about, and what Alfie actually provides in terms of its censoring using cues. And we don't do facial recognition. We detect certain cues on a person's face. Take, for example, if you smile. When you smile, there are certain crease marks on your eyes that go up. When you're sad, it, it changes on your eyes. So there's about 212 or 512 different vector matrices points of your face that we would pick up. And based on the, the differential and changes in our algorithm, we detect certain th things about the demographic of what and not who. So we're not interested in Aaron or Paul Pereira or John Smith. We're just interested whether it's a male or female, uh, the average age, and whether they're happy or sad with the with the with the content and the brand that's delivered in front of them. And hence the reason that we say Alfie delivers relevant content to the right person at the right moment in time, but in an ethical and a respectful manner with privacy compliance. Uh, Paul, questions from our chat here on when you uh, will provide some revenue guidance. I don't know if you will, but I don't know if you um, we actually uh, We've actually started taking revenue on now. Um, as we speak, uh, uh, Hammersmith Broadway Malls, uh, they're actually being handed the keys tomorrow. Uh, that turns on the revenue button. Uh, I believe today, uh, Belfast International Airport is ready and willing and ready to receive revenue streams from brands. Um, the, the ride shares, we've shipped out thousands of tablets. They're in 14 cities as we speak right now. And uh, that should be firing up with programmatic volumes um, this week. Uh, the other part of it is that the big brands and the direct buys uh, will start firing up uh, in um, beginning of November. And when I talk about big brands, I'm talking about like, 
big retail, pharma, casinos and cities that allowed major movie releases that we've already pipelined, uh, cannabis in states that are allowed. And uh, our team, Ron Spears and Chris Whalen, who are, who are veterans in the industry, um, have actually said, surprisingly, they've never seen uh, brands and customers come on so fast to our platform. Normally, it takes them months and planning and budgeting for the next quarter and the quarter after that. But when these big brands and um, and content providers see the platform of Alfie and what we're capable of providing, it's what they've been asking for. It's what they want. And uh, so they're, they're coming on and we're pipelining them. So we will definitely, without doubt, be seeing revenues. We'll see a little bit of revenues before uh, Q3, but Q4 is going to be a, a pretty massive round. Yeah, and I, I see uh, Lewis Frank Motorcars in the chats asking for some names. I think you mentioned earlier, Paul, that we should be on the lookout for some press releases coming out here in the next couple of weeks. Um, yes. But can we, can we go back to the direct buys real quick? What does that mean um, for the company and, and why are the direct buys, you know, just break, break down the direct buys for our audience real quick and, and explain why that's important to Alfie. Yeah, yeah so so you've got, a, you've got the programmatic exchanges uh, that run uh, lots of volumes, uh, but but the cost of uh, the rates are a lot lower because it's it's just it's it's not as targeted it's it's geolocated most of the times we're actually pro we're actually going to be providing with to them more filters than they've ever seen before uh, but still on the programmatic a direct buy is like an Anheuser Busch or Budweiser or PepsiCo coming to you saying we have a campaign for half a million dollars and uh, we would like to target uh, females in these cities and these geolocations or males and so now we add on our filters with our machine learning models and we give them uh, a much more targeted uh, delivery, but also we give them real-time reporting and information. So they know exactly uh, the demographic, not, not who, but what was delivered, the content or the ad. I, I just want to clarify, Paul, just uh, something you said earlier. When you, you said revenue in Q4. Uh, does that mean like the normal Q4 or do you have a different fiscal year? Is, is your Q4 not yeah. Yeah, October, so October, November? October, November, okay. November, December, yeah. Okay. So you we'll have, we'll have revenue uh, showing up um, this week. So it'll be a small revenue, but you'll start to see it. But then Q4 is when it, re it really starts got to it. run. Got it. And you got, you got to remember, for every 50,000 tablets that we distribute, we see over 22 million users a month. So you can do the math of what that translates to. When we when we finished our rollout of 150,000 tablets, we'll be seeing an excess of, in excess of 60 million users a month. Um, anybody can extrapolate what that calculation could look like. And uh, you know we have a partners. We have a, we have a commitment with Lenovo for uh, for for these tablets. Uh, I can't go into all the details that we've been talking with Lenovo about, but there's some interesting things coming out with them, and I'll be really interesting. Uh, our partnership is growing stronger, and uh, we will see things like case studies and stuff coming out from the Lenovo manufacturers on Alfie, actually. Uh, Paul, how confident are you right now in in uh, Alfie's cash position? Oh, we, we have we, we're, we're very comfortable. Um, we've been you, you got to remember that we went we went public. We we raised uh, seventeen million. Uh, we paid off all our debt. Um, we. We, we, we converted 82% uh, of all the warrants, and we ended the, the, the uh, last quarter with uh, almost 20 million in cash, which was more than the original IPO. Um, we've, got, we've got run rate now. Uh, if we did no revenue, we've got run rate for, for, 
right through the world of next year and more. Got it. Um, Paul, what, what's next for Alfie? Well, uh, you know, Alfie is more than just a rideshare tablet. We're powering through the out of home, but we're now going after that digital online market. You know, I'd love to have an open forum discussion with people like Zuckerberg or Sundar or even Jeff Bezos. Because I, I'd like to know what their plans are for the death of the cookie and their privacy compliance models. I wish that you could invite them here on an, uh, on an open forum discussion. I don't think that they have a plan yet. And that $600 billion market ad spend is waiting for Alfie to take. And we're going after it. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I think that's fascinating. We have a lot of people in the chat asking some good questions. Unfortunately, Paul, we are running out of time today. Um, I'll leave you with one final question. What is uh, the thing you think investors should be most excited about, um, you know, either in the rest of 2021 or into 2022? Um, well, uh, towards, from now till the end of the year, it's just going to be one release after another um, as we bring on brands. And we, we've got brands and we've got contracts signed. Uh, you know, some of them want to be the first to do the release. And so we're, we have that embargo, which we're, we're respecting. So we're going to see brands. Bless you. Thank you. We're Sorry. going to see brands and big names coming on in a major way. But we're also going to see Alfie uh, really, really spreading its wings. I mean, as we distribute uh, between now and the end of the year, we'll, we'll probably have 30,000 tablets distributed. Uh, it's been running at a really nice rate. We're, we're literally, we've built the model that's replicable and really scalable. Uh, we're distributing over 3,000 tablets a week now into cities and uh, it's just going to continue ramping. So as we continue to ramp, big brands are coming on, programmatics uh, getting the, the list of where the digital screens are. Uh, and we also have some exciting things happening uh, on the digital online because nobody's going to, nobody's not going to pay attention to the $600 billion market that the Facebook and Google of the world once had a, had a corner on. That death of that cookie is going to change everything. And that's what we planned for four years ago. All right, Paul, we got to wrap it up. Paul Pereira is the CEO of Alfie, ticker ALF. Paul, thanks as always for joining on the Power Hour. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to come on. I, love, I right. really enjoy talking. Thanks, guys. All right. I, we'll have you back on soon, Paul. I guess we'll just have to wait for those press releases to, to announce the, the, the names. But, AB, let me hop off to get Neil Hamilton going. Forget technical. You wrap it up, Power Hour, and I'll see you guys over on the next stream.